Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation and check out recent shows featuring guests sharing stories about growing up in a haunted house that was possessed by an evil presence, a nightmarish encounter with a UFO in the dead of night, and the financial horror stories from those who won the lottery and lived to regret it. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to hear these programs and many more truly thought-provoking shows from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. All right, let me talk about NATO talk for a second. I mean, as a uh, as a professor of ethics, tell me about NATO talk. What that was all about. You wrote that in 2005, didn't you? I did. What I did was I I found about about 35 um, scientists and, and applied scientists who are engineers who are working at the nanoscale. Nano is about scale. It's about going down to really, 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 really small because properties of matter act differently at that scale. And they're trying to capture those properties so that they can apply them to new products and new processes. So, for example, sun reflects differently when um, uh, with a molecule that's at the nanoscale like uh, titanium dioxide. So now when you have sunscreen, you put it on and it's like a crystal clear, smooth product and you don't know you're covering your skin because it's working at the nanoscale, whereas in the old days with zinc oxide, you'd smear it on and you have like a white nose with all that pasty stuff. So engineers are always interested in making new products and making things work much better. And at the nanoscale, you can capture what nature does at that scale that it doesn't do at the macro scale. So they have all kinds of applications, even like working with gold nano to, to, to help um, with cancer treatment. So what I did was I went around the country um, talking to 35 different scientists who are working at this scale, and I went back to see them twice a year for five years to follow their work, but mostly to talk to them very personally. What's motivating this? What concerns you? What worries you? Where do you think you're going with this? What could happen if you were successful? And I was trying to parse out how they reflect about ethics and their social responsibility as scientists. Interesting. Now, do you know what a chimera is? Yes. Okay. I've written about one in my, in my science fiction book. All right. You talk about ethics. Mm. Don't you think science is going too far when they're starting to mend human parts with animal parts? You know, too far. <laughs> so um, we're, I, I'm really concerned about all kinds of things we're doing, whether it's with creating chimera from manipulating genes or synthetic biology. or What about cloning? That we're doing. All of these things. What, okay, so human beings are curious. We are not going to stop pursuing um, knowledge, and that's a good thing because it allows us to um, live with more health and more awareness and more, you know. The problem is that intelligence is not always linked to ethics. It's not always linked to um, uh, compassion and, and care. Sometimes it's linked to hubris and, and motives that are for more, like more profit without regard for what it means. That's what scares me. It's not the knowledge itself that scares me. We now have the knowledge to to create new gene expressions and create organisms that don't even exist in nature through synthetic biology. Does that scare me? It scares me in part because we don't know enough about life to be able to create new life without potentially 
wrecking havoc on things. So I wish we would slow down, learn, but not apply so quickly. But we're very pressed to apply quickly because we want to recoup our expenses. We want to make good on our investments. We want to go into new markets and sell things. So sure, let's rearrange some parts and create animals that don't exist that have different qualities. We can do this for good, like we can create drugs to help malaria. We can do this for play and experimentation to see what happens. I think it's dangerous if we don't um, if we don't carry in some very very deep commitment to care and um, truly learning, not just um, benefiting from the new things we create. Should we be playing around with Mother Nature? That's an ethical question, I think. Oh, um, should we? Should we? That's where the word. That's where ethics comes in. Ought should. Um, personally, I'm, I, I think there are a lot of serious problems that we have, very serious, that can threaten the well-being of humanity and that we need to be, be as vigilant as we can in learning and creating new um, treatments for things. Um, however, I think that that's not all we're doing. I think we're taking that knowledge that we can use for things like malaria and we're playing and I think it's too dangerous to play. I agree. And anything could happen. Something could go wrong. Well, you know, people talk about the slippery slope, and other people say, no, 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 that's how we learn. We learn by experimenting and doing. And then, But now that we're at this level of manipulating atoms and genes, this is the basic building blocks of life. Now we're, that, we're really down there where things come out of creation. We don't know that much. That's my personal feeling. We don't know that much to be playing there. We should learn, but we shouldn't play. What's the downside to all of this? Well, think about creating new organisms. What do we know about their reaction with existing organisms or with ourselves? We don't. We don't, other than something could go wrong. Even something as simple as, and it's not that simple as, you know, how we make plastics and then the phytoestrogens that show up in those plastics and then release and then we absorb them in our blood and then they affect our, our, our hormones. I mean, that's just something very on the macro level. But working down at the cellular level where you go in and manipulate the genome, cutting and pasting, we get new foods, we get foods that, you know, resist certain pests. Well, that's great. I have a huge garden. George, it's really hard to grow food because... Insects will come and, and, and undermine everything you do. I get the motive, but we have to be very careful when we rearrange and create things that don't exist yet. That's my feeling. How do you teach somebody that, though? Uh, we go in there together, and I have to be extremely careful not to tell them what I believe. This is what I believe. There are people who adamantly disagree with me about this. And some of my students will disagree. But what I do is I set it up so that they have conversations with one another and they explore because what we have to do is not sort of fight about who's right. We have to explore together so that we come to some understanding through that exploration. That's how I teach. And does anybody fight you on this? No, you know, I bring them. I bring them short stories, science fiction. It's all out there. There are all kinds of TV shows that look at these things, and so it's in. It's in the field. You know, it's it's in that field where humans are now asking, "Whoa, what are we doing?" 
Um, it's, it's all over the, the, the movies. And so they don't fight me. They fight each other. I step back and let them do that. <laughs> what would you say, Rosalind, might be the most unethical thing that you've come across that you uh, try to highlight to people? Well, none of the scientists I talk with had bad intentions or what I would say unethical intentions. They all wanted to learn. They all wanted to create. They all start out okay, don't they? Well, of course, and I think we're all well, well, I don't want to say that. I think most of us are well-intended. We don't mean to do harm. It, it's when we don't think through or in, a, in ignorance that we act that worries me. The blatant doing of harm, that's pretty obvious stuff. And I, don't, and I tell my students, I don't need to tell you what's right and wrong. You know when you're hurting someone. It's, that, it's, that, it's when we're in the quandary, when we don't know. That's where I get really interested, where we don't know that we're doing harm. Do we continue to do what we're doing? Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.